0: This week's episode of Across the Cemetery My name's Josh and there is Noema She's unwell this week so she's not going to be able to recall with me But she is going to be editing this episode So hopefully she'll be back with us next week So I'll jump straight into the episode which is about plagues The human race has been cursed numerous times over the course of history With events that often been misunderstood And yet have led to the demise of millions Through science and technology, we have been able to better understand the need for hygiene standards more than ever. We are aware of microscopic organisms that exist and in turn end our existence. Through the ages, however, this knowledge has not been commonplace. This has led to catastrophic damage being inflicted on nations across the world, with nobody to directly blame but our own lack of knowledge. Illness and disease still continues to torment us. However, It is the events that have occurred in ages gone by that provide us with the most interesting tales. Why this is could be down to a number of things. Maybe it is because we look back and think how foolish the medical practices were. Who knows, maybe one day we will laugh about our medical practices of today. Or maybe it is due to the sheer impact caused that one cannot help but wonder if such trauma and suffering has a paranormal after effect. To get a bit more understanding as to why it is so feared, I thought I'd give a bit more background history and add some context. One of the most catastrophic events to have occurred in human history is known as the bubonic plague, or more affectionately, the black death. This disease was transmitted through fleas that would jump from various hosts, both human and animal. The fleas would bite their new friends, introducing a bacteria to them which their body was unable to defend against. These events occurred during the 1300s, originating in Asia. The disease found its way into Europe via trade routes. The result was a sort of domino effect. Once the first infected country passed over its borders to carry out vital trade, the next fell. It is estimated that in Europe, one third of the population lost its life due to these events. And although this pandemic began to fade away after a few years, there were still traces of it found in more remote areas up to up until the 1500s. Other plagues have occurred over the years in various parts of the world. With each occurrence seemingly being handled better than the last due to experience and learning. Of course, as our ability to treat and cure disease evolves, so too does disease. Various outbreaks were seen during the Middle Ages in Russia, France, and most notably London, England, where in 1665 around 15% of London's population perished due to the effects that were referred to as the Great Plague. Again, this disease was spread by a fleas, that would attach themselves to rats. Roaming about the rubbish littered streets, rats would flourish in the urban sea of human and household waste. Of course, these conditions were most common in the poorer parts of the city, so with the increase in rat population came the wider spread of the fleas, which would then find their way onto human hosts, biting them and making them ill. Interestingly, well I would say so anyway, is that a popular British nursery rhyme that is still sung to this day, allegedly makes reference to the Great Plague of London. So we will break it down for you and you can make up your own mind. So the first line is Ring Around the rosy." This is apparently in reference to the red circular rash that is often associated with plagues, very likely to be a result of the flea bites. The second line, a pocket full of posies. Posies could refer to the mixture of flowers and herbs that we use to protect or fend off the illness. And the last two lines, a tissue, a tissue, we all fall down. And the final two lines of the rhyme are alleged to refer to the illness itself, with everybody falling down being the deadly outcome that so many fell victim to. Of course, this must be taken with a pinch of salt, as the theory of the nursery rhyme meaning isn't alleged to have been thought of until the mid-20th century, but the coincidental facts do tend to speak for themselves. So while children may laugh and act out the tune, it could in fact be a very serious warning from history's most tragic calamity. And of course, we cannot delve into an episode regarding plagues and not talk about those well-wishing, brave medics that would tend to the ill, despite the perilous danger they faced. Well, that may have been their attention, but their outfit of choice is one that injects fear into all those who have seen an image of them. While flung together in the interest of functionality and relative safety for the time, the waxed coats with a combination of other water-resistant materials such as leather were assembled to repel any fluids that may find their way out of the patient's body. But this was not the pinnacle of their outfit, no. That honour is bestowed to the masks that they wore. Fully covering their face, two glass eye holes grotesquely protruding from the liquid-proof material. Perched underneath the eyes was a mock bird's beak that served what was believed to be a life-saving purpose. The beak would have two small openings at the tip, allowing air to travel into the small storage pouch that contained assortments of herbal goods, varying dependent on where you're from. It was firmly believed at the time that the disease spreading around was caused by bad air, developing from rotten organic substances such as human bodies. And as such, the flowers were meant to repel that bad air and keep the wearer safe. Of course, in the modern age, we know that this outfit would not help protect against any illness. But for the time, this was the best they had. What it does give us in the modern age, however, is a figure of sheer terror. One that has been immortalised in shows such as The Haunting of Blind Manor. And for what seems to be for no other reason than that of the appearance. Because the truth is... They were out to help people, yet there was one incident in the town of Chester back in 2016 that saw residents providing a wide berth to a figure dressed as a plague doctor in full black gowns and a mask that was roaming the streets. I would like to provide a paranormal angle on this, but sadly it turned out to be a marketing ploy for a local historic attraction. Nevertheless, the images that this produced were nothing short of disturbing. I'll leave a link for the news article in the description so you can go take a look for yourself. One other macabre result of the various outbreaks of plague that brought countries to their knees was the remains of all those whose lives had been claimed. The bodies needed to be disposed of somewhere, and taking into account the fact that they had passed away from an infectious disease, it only made sense to keep them away from others, right? And so, the plague pit was born. Mass graves would play host to hundreds of bodies at a time, giving their final resting place an undignified and claustrophobic feel. The location of these pits stretched far and wide to accommodate the devastating effects that were felt in various parts of the countries that were affected. I will leave a link in the description for a website I found that illustrates just how many pits were present in London alone, where during the plague that occurred in the 1600s which I mentioned earlier, some 100,000 people lost their lives and as such had to be buried. It is these sites that have led to some menacing sightings One report details an encounter by a commuter who was leaving the office late one evening. They were stood on the platform of Nightbridge Underground Station in London, on the Piccadilly Line. The platform of the station was deserted given the hour, and that itself provides the quiet needed for the human brain to wander into dangerous realms. Although, on this occasion, the commuter didn't have to feel loneliness, as it would transpire that he wasn't alone, gazing down the murky black tunnel, awaiting his train to arrive from the direction of South Kensington, this journey home elevated into something altogether more sinister. The commuter's attention was transfixed on the tunnel, when, from the right-hand side, a semi-transparent figure emerged, seemingly leaping across the tracks. The figure did not stop nor interact with the commuter, but made his way into the darkness until it was completely out of sight. This encounter was captured on video so I would urge you to go take a look for yourself and i'll leave the link in the description but further investigation did uncover that the curve between the two stations in question was placed there out of necessity rather than desire that's because there so happens to be a plague pit just meters away from the location of the tube station and is well documented that when the tunnels were excavated for the london underground many of the routes were dictated by the placement of these mass graves So, could this be one of the unfortunate souls interred in a London Plague Pit? I'll let you be the judge of that for yourself. As a final note on Plague Pits, I did come across a pit that provides what some would consider a metaphor for life after death. On the peripheries of a small village in Norfolk sits a vast expanse of farmland, lush fields and hedges as far as the eye can see. However. In the centre of one of these fields sits an abundance of obstacles to prevent the section from being farmed and prevents the farmers from wanting to farm that area. Legend and local records have it that this very site was used during a breakout of the bubonic plague that ravaged its way through locals. The area in question was the final resting place for those who lost their battle, but despite the tragedy and sorrow that was associated with the field, Today stands a full blossoming thicket of trees that have grown tall and stand strong, in that exact space that was used as a plague pit, like a final gift from those who have been laid to rest there. So I know this episode has been a bit shorter, probably because there isn't bickering between me and Emma. But some of you might be happy about that, some of you might be missing it, but whatever, however you feel, it will be back next week. But to round off this episode, I thought I would touch on some actual stories and sightings that surround the plague and also its aftermath. One of the first stories I came across in my research was that of Yugi Hospital in Peterhead, Scotland. The land that this modern day hospital sits on overlooks the Yugi estuary, hence the name and was once an open plain which the locals would use for recreational purposes. This value plot of land was highly contested by the locals and government for some time, as when the first wave of the plague hit the area in the 1600s, huts were constructed to store the bodies of the dead. Interestingly, the arrival of the plague in Peterhead was attributed to a serving girl who inherited a trunk of old clothing from her auntie who had recently passed away. It was not confirmed what she had passed away of, and the fleas carrying the disease spread from the deceased's clothing. Following the pandemic, the fever huts that now stood on the land overlooking the estuary were they either burned to the ground with the bodies inside, or moved to a burial site where the bodies would be sprayed with lime in an attempt to speed up the de- decomposition process. After the plague bodies were disposed of, the land was returned to the locals for recreational Again, When cholera began to ravage through Europe in the early 1800s, the local authority tried to purchase the land to build a hospital, but the locals refused to budge until the pressure was too much and in 1880, the first rendition of a hospital stood on those grounds overlooking the estuary. The same grounds that once housed hundreds of bodies that had fell victim to a rapid spreading illness and now called that area their final resting place. Rumour has it. On the darkest of nights, treading through the silent hallways of the hospital, you should keep an extra vigilant eye, as you may not be alone. Some have reported sightings of a wispy apparition that seemingly floats across the floor and through the walls as though they weren't there. Some have gone as far as to describe the attire worn by the specters as somewhat medieval, leading the rational mind to wonder... Are these the spirits of all those souls lost to the plague during the 1600s? Potentially wandering the halls of the hospital that had been placed on top of the land that their body was laid to rest, disturbing their final resting place and not granting them the peace they require to move on. Finally, to round off this week's episode, we will visit the village of Eam in Derbyshire, which becomes famous for a tragic but somewhat heroic reason. During the 1670s, a tailor worked in the small village, and going about his normal course of business, he had ordered a package to be delivered from London with supplies so he could make his goods. This package of fabric arrived, but unfortunately, the goods were never made. The tailor died within a week of its arrival. The fabric had been infested with the plague-carrying fleas. This picturesque village was at the beginning of what would heartbreakingly wipe out the majority of its population. Within months, many of the villagers had perished as a result of their tailors infested. Many contemplated leaving to try and save themselves, but a valiant agreement was reached by the whole community to stay in the confines of their village and avoid further spreading of this disease. A somewhat futile, but nevertheless heroic effort ensued, with neighbouring villagers leaving food and supplies on a stone which is found on the border of Sadly. After a battle lasting around 18 months, only 83 people from a population of 273 survived the plague that ravaged through the village of Eam. What's more is that the picturesque village has largely been preserved and resembles its former self from centuries ago. The former self that suffered through months of flea spreading disease. This setting of a ye olde style village is said to not only mirror its former appearance but also continues to be the home of its former residents, residents who may have been victims to the plague itself, residents who some allege are still very active to this day. One of the most prolific locations in the village for alleged activity is told to be the Miner's Arms. With a building that dates back to around the time of the plague infestation, it has no doubt seen many feet walk through its doors. Some guests in the modern age report feelings of unease when staying in one of the bedrooms of the establishment, with a few even going as far to cut their trip short and leave during the middle of the night out of sheer fear. The more brave guests who have stayed say their experiences have ranged to feeling like they are being watched right the way through to seeing figures out of the corner of their eyes darting into shadowy corners, where, upon further investigation, Nothing is found and nobody is there. There are no definite records or seemingly convincing evidence of paranormal activity being linked directly to the various outbreaks of plagues, but one thing is for certain, these events caused enormous losses in life, along with pain and suffering for the families afflicted. These are often the hallmarks associated with places that suffer or benefit, depending on your opinion, from paranormal activity. So it would seem to me that the village of Eam is a perfect example of this. So thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you have any stories or you, you have a plague pit or your local area was affected by any sort of plague and you think this is like a paranormal afterfact, please let us know by emailing us to across the cemetery at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on social media. We're on Instagram at across the Cemetery. We're on TikTok and Twitter at AXTheCemetery. And we'd also really appreciate if you could leave a review for this episode as it greatly helps us and also helps other people find the podcast too. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in the next one.